0: Hello everyone. Hi. Um, hello. Um, before I start, I'll just share with uh, with you some of the stuff that happened in Egypt. Um, Egypt was so good like last time we went was four years ago, so it's been a while, and like we're not we're not white, so we don't go to the pyramids we don't see any historical things. we do not care whatsoever about that. That was like not the reason we went at all like. The reason we went was just to see family, spend time with friends at church, wherever we go it was just being with family and friends and it was really good to see them again. Everyone's all grown up, got beards and whatever. One of our friends has a beard down here, it looks like a Muslim, but um, yeah everything was just like so fun. I think the best part about being back is my bed. The The beds are there, I was just telling some of these guys, the beds are there are really hard. And the pillows are really hard. Daniel likes the pillows, but I hate them. I, I can't do it. They, they, they're literally rocks. Like, they're actually rocks. So being back, it's like I had a fresh bed, a brand new bed. I sat on it and I started, like, jumping up and down because I was just so excited. Um, but yeah, that, that's my time in Egypt. It was, it was just really good and I'll definitely do it again. Um, yeah, but before we start this actual message, let's just start off in a word of prayer. Father, we just want to pray for tonight, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that every word that comes out of my mouth, Lord, will be from you, Lord, and not from me, Lord. Um, I'm not worthy to be standing up here, Lord, but um, some things need to be said, Lord, and you're going to speak tonight. And we pray, Lord, for your presence to be felt, Lord, among us right now, and um, you be with everyone here, Lord, and open up their hearts and minds. In your name we pray, Amen. amen. What I want to share with you guys today is—it's not something new. It's—it's it's not something you guys haven't heard before, but it's something we need to hear and something we need to take action from after hearing it. And um, what this is is something I like to call churchianity, and that's something I feel a lot of us do here. Um, what do I mean by that? I mean, is we go to church, we sing a bunch of nice songs, we hear a message, but. It's just something that we've gotten so used to that it's just a routine, as I like to call it. You know, full of sin, full of bad habits, and deep down we want to change these things, but we still say to ourselves, you know, I love Christ, um, I'm coming to church, this and that, um, but it's really fake. In um, Galatians two twenty, you don't have to open it up, doesn't matter. In Galatians two twenty, it says. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. This verse we say as Christians, and we say this when we give our lives to Christ. Um, You know, when we're happy with everything, and all of a sudden, you know, your life just has meaning um, because you've given your life to Christ. But this life is seriously no longer ours. And once we give this life to Christ, it just doesn't—it just is not yours anymore. This life is just not yours. Um, you know, sure we fall into sins, we're only human and that's a normal thing. But God sees the heart is, is what's um, the most important thing here. Um, however, I want you to listen carefully to this thing. Um, if we say we love Christ, but continue to go into our, our sinful ways and would you sit back and relax and, and come to Him on repen- for repentance on Sunday? Then you need to rethink why you are a Christian. Um, am I a Christian to continue going to the places I go to? Am I a Christian to keep saying the things that I say? Am I a Christian to hang out with the people that I hang out with? If I, if I, if I say I'm a Christian and continue to live the ways that I do, how does that make me any different to anyone else around me? How am I a disciple of Christ? In Matthew 28, 19 it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. John 13, 35 By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. We here in church, we are the blind leading the blind. I don't think we even know what love means anymore. Like... A Christian life is not just about going to church. It's not enough to just come to church for the fellowship. And I feel like that happens so often. We come, we come, we're like, oh, my friend's coming, so I'm going to come. It's just become a, a habit that we got so used to of just seeing friends on a Friday night or a Sunday night, wherever we, we, we're coming to church or wherever it is. Um, but Christ is implementing a, fo- a footprint on your lifestyle. It's about whether you choose to follow this lifestyle or implement your own footprint. And, you know, some of you may be thinking right now, you know, Dave, I know what you're saying, but God is just not moving in my life at all. And let me tell you this. I've heard this from our preacher on on Sunday, and it really stood out to me, that God's next move is based on your next move. Uh, The more you read the Bible, the further away you get from sin. And the less you read your Bible, the closer you get to sin. Um, Sin will blind you, sin will bind you, and sin will grind you. Sin will blind you, bind you, and grind you. That's how it works. And we don't see that. But a life with Christ, a life without Christ is plain and meaningless, and it will destroy you by the end. Whether you see that now or whether you see that later, it will destroy you. It's just about how far you've gotten from Christ. Amen. Jeremiah twenty nine twelve to 13 Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. We need to replace our ways with Christ. If Jesus, lived among the, if Jesus lived among us today, how would you be different? Would you be going out on weekends, getting smashed, and then going to church on Sunday for repentance? Sunday is not repentance day, as we like to call it. That's not how it is. Will you be saying the things that you, you shouldn't be saying around the, the people that are sitting next to you? How, how is your life going to change? Your lifestyle is just going to be different. Every single thing is going to change. Um then why don't we do that? Do we still need the little wristbands we got in Sunday school where, what would Jesus do? Is that how childish we still are? Like, are we still living in those days where we need um, little wristbands to remind us? Like, our life should not be that childish anymore. Like, your life needs to improve as you get older. You know, His Spirit needs to dwell within you. He sees the things that you do in secret as well, whether you're keeping it from your parents or people that are close to you, anyone. Um, we, we, you know, we, we all know that. I'm not saying something different, but we're just not living it. And the problem is that this isn't a new thing that I'm saying at all. We've heard this before and it's not a new message, but we're not, we're not, we're not doing this at all. Um, in Luke 12.45 it says, but, su- but suppose a servant says to himself, My master is taking a long time in coming. And then he begins to beat the other, and begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat, drink, and get drunk. Is that what we think is happening? Is that do we think like Jesus is taking a long time to come back, so we're just gonna you know continue in our ways, so we just let go of our purpose and continue with the lifestyle that we want? Why are we so involved in the world and everything that's happening in the world? Um. You know, I'm not I'm not better than you, but I'm willing to put up I'm, I'm willing to put away all the things that I've done wrong for my eternal destination because that's that's where we all need to go. You know, this life is no longer yours as I've said before. Um, I want you guys to think about the areas that are, are drifting you away from Christ and the areas that are also going to improve your lifestyle with Christ. It may be easy to identify some of these areas. And, um, it's, however, a lot more difficult to take action on these areas that you want to improve in. You know, many, many of us want a life with Christ that's easy, smooth, no troubles at all. But God promises us a satisfying life, but it's it's not an easy life. And if, we, if you're not moving up with Christ, then you're going down. Your life needs t- to always move up, there's no standing still with Christ. Um, we all want to be better, but we're not willing to make a change. We are just why are we just temporarily hungry for God? Like it lasts for a day and then it's gone for the rest of the week and um if it's the company, if it's bad habits, if it's parties, if it's I don't know, you tell me. But just get rid of that. It's it's not easy, but it's for your greater good. It's for your development with Christ. And it's for a better life with Christ. And find out what's stuffing up, what's stuffing you up and just end it. Just finish it. Don't tell yourself, but my friends, but the fun, I'm going to miss out on this. No, like, what you want to change, you have to put in effort to make that change. For example, um, I, I'm, I'm going to the gym and I want to gain muscles. You know, I'm not going to get bigger overnight. And I know that. But... Imagine if i 'm going to the gym and every time I come back from the gym, my friends are telling my friends are telling me um, you 're no good, you 're not going to get any bigger you 're not showing any progress i 'm going to get like so disappointed and i 'm eventually going to stop i 'm just going to quit. You need to surround yourself with like minded Christian who will support you through good times and bad times If the friends are ma- if the friends you have or the friends you are making are making you worse, then simply just get rid of them. Why do we always turn to eat? To earthly desires, when things get tough, you know, earthly pleasures are just temporary. They may seem fun in the beginning, and I'm telling you, I've heard a lot of people that that have told me, um, you know, earthly pleasures are not fun. No, they, they really are fun. They, they are an enjoyable thing, but it's a sinful way of living. It's not the right way, and it's not the way we should, as Christians, be living. Um, this will affect you in, in the long run. You may not see it at the start because it's all fun, the, the environment is new and things like that. But it will damage your life. And you know, if, if, you're, if you want to keep going down that lifestyle, then sorry to say, but I feel sorry for you. And you're missing out on the best life here on earth that God has di- desired for you. Your God, the supernatural God that we have, He knew before you were born. And He knew the, the number of hairs on your head before you were born. But we still say to ourselves, no, I'd still rather the life where I'm I'm going out, I'm doing this, I'm talking about him or her, and this and that. I don't know about you, but I don't see that that, that's a life worth living. Um, Before I went to Egypt, I was driving on the road, and there's literally like a bird that just came and stood um, in front of the wheel. I don't know why they do that, they always do that. But I'm driving, and, and the bird just comes and stops. I'm not gonna stop for it, but I just keep driving, and eventually, like just before I hit it, the bird jumps out of the way, and um, it it's it made me think like God has created such a such a massive space for this bird to fly, but yet still decides to jump right in front of the wheel where, where I'm standing. Like you have everything around you, like move, and um, it, it made me think like God has created us here and has given us this life to enjoy, but we still choose to go to the places where we don't belong, to, to hang out with the people we, we don't belong with, say the things we um, we shouldn't say. Um, we, we, we stand in the face of death, as that bird did. Um, this life is only temporary, and we should be living for our eternal destination. Um, you want to live with Christ, and good for you, and I truly am happy with you. But... I'm not. I'm not going to sugarcoat this message for anyone, and for myself as well, because I hate that sort of message, the sugarcoating and stuff like that. It's plain and simple. You, you, you live for Christ, or a choice is yours. Um, let me tell you a story I heard while I was in Egypt. A preacher said at, at, at church, and I really liked it. He was at like a, a pig farm. And he grabbed one of the pigs and and he washed it like he scrubbed it. He put shampoo on it and everything like that. So the pig was really clean. And then he put a nice red bow tie um, on it after it was done. And then he put the the pig back in the truck and he was going to put it with the rest of the other the other pigs that were that were there. And um, as they were driving, the pig smelt the the mud and he saw the mud as well. And he jumped straight off the truck into the mud and started um, rolling around in it until he was dirty again. And um, that's what we do. You know, we we have our Sundays, we have our Fridays where we come and get cleansed and then we jump straight back into our lifestyles, straight back into the mud during the week and it's just become a cycle. But I encourage you guys tonight to just... Flee from your sins. You know we've become too comfortable in our sinful in our sinful lives, and um, we're still deciding to just jump straight back into the mud. And um, yeah, let's 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 move on from that. I think we've we've passed that stage, but we're just stuck. We're just stuck, and we seriously need to grow up now. Matthew seven twenty one to twenty three. It says, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven." But only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name we drove out demons, and in your name we performed many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Do you want to live a life that is um, meaningful, or do you want to throw your sole purpose to be on earth, uh, your sole purpose to be in heaven? Sorry. Um, and you're going to just throw it out while you have the chance to, to do something about that while your time is here on earth. Um, think about this, you know, Jesus created you and he put you on earth. Like he actually put you on earth, yet you choose to do the things that he doesn't like. That doesn't make, that makes no sense to me. And if someone loves me, I do the things that make them happy. And the other way around as well. If my favorite chocolate is Snickers, you're not going to go buy me a Cherry Ripe. You know, if you want to make the other person happy, you do what makes them happy. But the choice is yours at the end of the day. I'm here just delivering a message. But your actions will have consequences. And trust me, I've been through this and I've had my experiences. But I put them away because I want to honor God and I want to live for for Christ. And the life that Christ offers you is a lot. A lot better than the life that this earth can offer you. As Christians we see everything that's wrong in others, you know, but we don't take a minute to examine ourselves. I'm not sure why we tend to do that, but we're happy to tell everyone else that they're wrong. We look at everyone and they're like and we never say this to their face, but what we do is we talk around behind their back and we're like, he's got a problem, she's got a problem, this and that. And we're just judging all the people that around us. But how does that make us any better once again? You know, we say all the time, um, we live in a sinful world, but do we really believe that? We expect everyone around us to be perfect, but you yourself aren't perfect. In Matthew 7 verse 3 to 6 it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention in the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all this time you've had the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. As I said, we are the blind leading the blind. We say this is how we live on a Friday or Sunday whenever you have church, but the rest of the week you do whatever you like. That's not the way it needs to be. You know, we've made up our own, our own versions of Christianity. Our lives have become so self-focused. Why don't we help each other anymore? You know, our lives have become all about me, me, me. We come to youth groups, but we don't even support each other. Like, God has blessed us with such a beautiful environment to be in. But I sometimes question the love we have for each other in, the, in this youth group. And it's something, <coughs> it's something we really shouldn't take for granted. Instead of looking at each other's filth, why don't you give a helping hand to your brother or your sister that I, that I fell down? Um, we love each other in front of our faces, but behind each other's backs, we tend to just talk about everyone, and it's a whole different story. God sees everything, even what you do in secret. And why do we only live like live life as if He only sees us in church? Because that's the way that's the way it is, you know we come to church on on sunday and we're all happy friday whatever we're all happy with god and stuff but the rest of the week he still sees what you're doing and he and he sees the good and he sees the bad that you do um our lives have become lord i love you like our prayer our prayer life has become lord i love you please help me in this amen that's that's not what it is you know when when you pray you need to you need to speak to God. It's a conversation. You are talking to Him and you're expecting Him to talk to you back. It's... I actually encourage you to, to do this. Why don't you take like a couple of days and just pray thanking God for things instead of asking for things. Instead of it being so self-focused, give back to God. We support each other in, in what's wrong rather than what's Right? Um, it's like we've gotten bored of Christianity. And that may even be true. But this is just because you are not growing with Christ. And if you're not growing with Christ, you're growing in despair. Some of us here go to Christian meetings three, maybe four, I don't know how many times a week. But we think that makes us better than everyone else around us and the people who don't attend church. You will never say it to yourself, but it's true. Deep down you know this. We like to categorize everyone else around us based on how holy we think people uh, people are, and from then begins the judgment when you see a person um, when you see a person, you see their outer appearance and their everyday actions. This is what we base people upon um, we 've just become so shallow in our thinking and in the way we see others um, far too many times um, i 've heard from from people around me. Have you heard this? Have you heard that? And things get just so carried away and so misplaced by like the third person this this thing has reached. It's just become like a complete lie and it's a completely different story. I don't know why we love to do this so much, the the whole the whole gossiping thing and, and whatnot. It's just seriously eating you alive and eating your friendships alive and, and the people who love you most. And we always think the problem isn't everyone around us, but the problem is you. You know, Tonight, just bring the focus on yourself and see how you can be different. Imagine a person who's new to Christianity, becomes friends with the, with, with you or, or or the group that you're in. Um, and they hear all these things that you're doing and they see all the actions that you are doing. Why would they even want to be a Christian? If I was a non-Christian and I came to to a group and I've seen all these things they're doing and all the things they're saying i 'm not going to want to be a Christian. I will just leave it at that and go out and go out and live the rest of my life the way I want to live it, not the way it needs to be lived why aren 't we examples why aren 't we Jesus like people? We are all sinners, but we are saved by his grace. Christianity is just one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread and that 's what Christianity means as christians we 've turned our youth groups and our Churches around to make them a, a once a week uh, thing that we do. We put God in a box, but we seriously need to wake up. Instead of walk, instead of walking in the Spirit, many Christians today are sleepwalking, and it's time to wake up from this. Um, find out what what in your life is drawing you away from Christ, and and get rid of it. Something needs to be done about this, guys. It's seriously a problem for every Christian, but it's, it's always nice to hear someone talk about this, but if you're not taking any action in what's being said, then your life is just not going to move. And you need other people around you to support you during this time. Uh, your life is just like a roller coaster. It goes up, it goes down. But it's time for this youth group to honestly start going up. Your roller coaster might slow down, but it's still moving up. You know, stop asking questions, but start finding answers. It's not, good, it's not good enough to just be standing still with, with Christ anymore. Um, from James 1 it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intensely in the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Um, it's like we're sitting in, in rows. Let's say in, in a school. You sit in rows. The front rows get tens. The, and then it goes back to nines, to eight, to sevens. And, you know, some of us are sitting in that seven zone and we are so satisfied with how we are because we're not failing, but we're not there either. And a person in that seventh row or is getting the sevens He's going to realize that, you know what, I can work hard and I can achieve a 10. And, um, so they work hard and they achieve that 10. But while sitting with the the people that are getting those 10s, we realize that it's not the same and it's too hard. I've got to work so much harder now. So they just move back and sit down with the sevens. You know, stand up and bring other people up with you. Stand up and move up with your relationship in Christ. Make a change. Um... Imagine this, girls. Um, um, imagine a man that comes up to you and he's not dressed very well and he's not of high status at all and he, he's not much. He just looks dirty and filthy. But as you got to know him, you start to love this person and who he really is. If this person came dressed in like a prince, you would love, you would love him for what he had, not who he was. And that's, that's what God did. You know, God, lo- God wants a love story between you and him. Jesus, when it was near the end, before he was crucified, he was washing his disciples' feet. You know, he didn't come to Judas, who the one he betrayed him, and not wash his feet. You know, he washed everyone's feet. Even knowing what's going to happen, he still chose to wash Judas' feet. You know, Jesus, the, the God, the one who created you, the one who created the heavens and the earth, got down on his two knees to wash each and every person's feet. You know, our sinful ways forever are gone because he chose to die for us and love us. You know what? No matter how dirty your feet are tonight, God's willing to go down on his two knees and wash them for you, because he loves you. You know, let him wash you with with water and cleanse you with his blood. I don't want you guys to come out tonight and say, you know, how can he say that? This this message is true, and people don't like hearing it because it is the truth. Think about how you can change. Um, you know, we've become so satisfied in our little bubble of sin. And we have surrounded ourselves in this bubble for far too long. We just don't know how to get out. We forgot how to get out. But it's time to just go out of that bubble. You know, just like, just like a baby, they start off by drinking milk and then they move on to, to, to the meat. A lot of us here tonight think, you know, we're ready for the meat. And, but we've just been so far from God for too long that we need to go back to the milk. You know, we need to start small again so we can build up that relationship with Christ once again. Um... And a life with Christ is not going to be comfortable. It's not an easy life. He doesn't promise you an easy life. And we've just surrounded ourselves in sin for far too long. Um, we have to stop caring about our daily lives and start caring our eternal destination. You know, growth is painful, change is painful, but nothing is as painful as staying somewhere you don't belong. Matthew fourteen, twenty two to thirty two says Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed the crowd, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, moved by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and began to sing and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. If you truly want to experience Jesus, you need to step outside that boat. You know, the storm around you, it doesn't have to stop, but you need to escape it. And we're all in the storm, but you've been in it for far too long. You don't even know it's a storm anymore. You know, the broken, the broken people... They, they see themselves as broken, and the good see themselves as... Sorry, the broken see themselves as good, and the good see themselves as broken. You know, we need to think of ourselves as broken people, so that we may grow with Christ. If you see yourself as a good person, then you're a good person, and that's what you're going to keep moving. But, just see yourself as a broken person, because that's what we are. We are broken people. Um, those who are broken, those are the ones who are going to grow. We don't belong in this sinful life. So you either grow or you change. God doesn't need us to serve. God doesn't need us to serve Him, but you need to serve God. Christianity is not a lifestyle. Christianity is is a lifestyle, not a routine. Live in Him so that He may live in you. You know, make Christ your religion. Um. Let me ask you a question, and um, just please think about this: If there were no heaven. Would you still choose Christ? Let me ask you again. If there was no heaven, would you still choose Christ? If you answered no to that question, then you need to reconsider your relationship with him. You know, we don't serve him because we are going to heaven. You know, heaven is not about being safe from hell. Heaven is wanting to spend eternity from spend eternity with Christ. Four really important messages I want to share with you guys. You know, sometimes God will show you tough love. A lot of the time, we we see God and we're like, God, God loves me, so He's always going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to provide. He's going to help me. He's going to care for me. But it's called tough love sometimes. You know, sometimes when you're doing something wrong, God will show you tough love to get you out of it. It's not necessarily. We think of it as you know, God is harming me in this way, but it's it's just tough love. You know, you need tough love to move on to the next step. And the next thing is no pain, no gain with Christ. What you put in is what you get out. And as I said, God's next move is based on your next move. If you if you want God to move in your life, then do something about it. Don't just stand still and expect Him to do a miracle for you. You know, you need to you need to move so that He can see you want Him. And God doesn't ask us to be sinless, but God asks us to work on our sins. You know, He knows that we are humans and we're going to fail, but He wants you to work on that. And if you want to do that by yourself, you're going to fail. But the thing is, you you need to put God in that place so He can move with you and grow you and raise you to a better person that you need to become. Um, And the fourth thing is, God's love doesn't change based on your actions. For example... Um, your parents love it may change based on your actions if say for example, when you were little and you do something wrong, your, your parents may punish you or put you somewhere just by yourself. You know S- things change, but god 's love no matter what you do, it stays the same and um, let 's just go in a, in a time of prayer right now. just close your eyes, bow your heads, whatever you feel comfortable with, and um, I want you guys to examine yourselves tonight. You know, what stood, out? what stood out for you? What is it that you want to do different? You know, is your life with Christ not moving? Is your life with Christ not where you want it to be? Where is it that you want to be with Christ? Look at your eternal destination. Look at the life with Christ that you're going to have. That's what's important. You know, is it is it the gossip? Is it the judgment? Is it the relationship that you want to improve with God, let's stop playing church tonight, guys. This life does not belong to you. And make a decision now to, chop, to stop. You know, change is difficult, but it's time to really start living a life that doesn't belong to you, but a life that is honouring to God. You know, a life with Christ is, is worth it. And make that sacrifice tonight. Put off your old self, put off your old bad habits, the bad friendships, you know, talk to your leaders, talk to the people who you guys look up to, but it's time to really end this fake life that we're living. God's next move is based on your next move. Let's stop being so cliche in our Christianity. Walk with Christ. Father, we just thank thank you, Lord, for this time that we just had, Lord. And I I pray, Lord, as um, each of us has heard this, Lord, that we don't walk out of this room just continuing our ways, Lord, but we really want to honour you, Lord, and we want to live a life that is pleasing to you, Lord, because the life that you offer is so much more satisfying and it's so much better than the life that uh, the earth, Lord, provides for us, Lord. these sinful ways, Lord, need to stop, Lord. We've just become so fake in our relationship with you, Lord, and we truly are sorry for that, Lord. And I pray, Lord, tonight that a lot of us here tonight are sitting with dirty feet, Lord, but I we thank you that you're a loving God who's willing to go down on his two knees just to wash my feet and everyone's feet here tonight, Lord. We aren't worthy, Lord, at all to, to ask for such a thing, Lord, but Your love surpasses all our understanding, Lord. Your love is so much greater and so much higher than the ways we think, Lord. You see the future, Lord, but we see the now, Lord. We're just looking under our feet, Lord, and we're saying our life is not good. Our life is this, our life is that, Lord. But I pray you just help us to look up to you like Peter did, Lord, to move our eyes up on you and see the glory and the love that you really have for us, Lord. That, Lord, that you're willing to put us first, Lord, And I pray that we are willing to put you first before everything else, Lord. Help us to move up with you, Lord. Because a life with you is supposed to go up, Lord. And if it's not going up, then it's going down. Thank you for your love, Lord. Pray these things in your name. Amen. serious challenge.